0: Hey, 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 Sunday morning, 837 in Phoenix, 42 degrees Fahrenheit, and I didn't check the humidity because it just doesn't matter when it's 42, and I'm out walking the bud, right? That's what we do. Oh, and there's still some snow on top of those mountains up there. Wow. Well, if it's 42 here, it's probably 32 up on the top of those things. You know, it's not that tall, but Probably a little chilly up there. So we got snow cap mountains, which probably happens once every 10 years or more, or more, 20, who knows? Um, but uh, today is February 24th, and we got a little. I can see snow in Phoenix up in the mountain hills. So are you with me or without me? With me, your life was up here without me, down here. So life expectancy is up here, down here. So that's from a movie, Night and Day, eight seconds on YouTube. So I know you invest a lot of time listening to this podcast for minutes on end, but if you can just go to YouTube and Google, with me, without me. And uh, it's eight seconds of, uh, I, I find it as pure joy. <laughs> because uh i kind of see it. it's like you can write those words right just with me without me with me your life expectancy is here without me it's down here and that sounds kind of boring but when the actor grabs that those words and puts his mo- emotion into it you can just feel it communicates so much more right that's uh i think we i think i talked about this uh in a group this week that Twitter and uh, Facebook, they're words on pages, but words only communicate so much, right? So it's kind of tricky. And so uh, I am in the process of publishing a book. So that's going to happen November 5th, and uh, probably November 5th will be here before you know it, and I'm not, and I'm not prepared for that, but that's okay, well, you know. Maybe that's part of the uh, the whole purpose of the book, right? Walking, walking in the spirits, not not supersonic flying in an Aeron S2 or whatever they call that supersonic jet, but it is what it is. So uh, walk in the bud, 42 degrees, a bit chilly, some snow up there, uh, cloudy, but blue skies too, at the same time. I don't know how to describe it, it's kind of, it's not clouds, we, we get these like light clouds, I guess you call them. They're not the fluffy kind, and I'm sure the the subject matter experts on clouds would probably tell me that these are serious, C-I-R-R-I-U-S clouds, I think. But, uh, so, you, you probably have experienced these kind of clouds. They're just kind of streaky. So, morning. Hey, bud. Come on. So, yeah, Sunday morning before 9. Getting a quick, brisk walk-in. Uh, got a fairly busy week ahead with meetings and things. So, we'll see how that goes. Good to see the British colleague and my French colleague coming in town so it'll be the joy of that so yeah <clears throat> what else what else so I um <clears throat> reading acts uh it's like 17 18 and 19 kind of go together and they're really fun chapters I think I it's uh, 17 and Paul's in Athens and like the Areopagus I talked about and then the next thing that happens it's kind of fun reading it this way see you read and you follow the flow and and what happens and um, one of my favorites is the end of 17 is this character named Apollos who um, is a Jewish guy and he teaches correctly about Jesus it says you know so there's this this uh passage that usually churches don't preach on this or ministers because they don't they don't really know how to deal with it and uh and maybe they want to avoid avoid the discussion but uh so but it's there right so you read it and you get to decide you know you get to think about it that's that's the way we should interact not uh be dependent on ministers or pastors or good speakers right people that stand up there because uh, you know you may listen to a good speaker you may listen to a podcast you may listen to this one but it's about integrating your own um disciplines i guess you'd say which of course i don't i'm not big on that word I, just because i feel like it's uh you know how how discipline is enough right you know what i, I have elements of discipline in my life but um You know, somebody can always out-discipline you, right? Like they're they're doing something else. Like you know, maybe they work out for forty-five minutes a day, exercising sit-ups, abs, planks, doing all this stuff. So they're doing more discipline than uh, you are. So, Uh, but regardless, I was the tangent. There was uh, get back on your own thing, do your own thing. Your my encouragement is to. Yeah, uh, shift the focus I would say my mind is always looking for the the you know the best speaker who's teaching the best thing but we can read our read it ourselves and this is an example of um, I'm not in the 2000 sermons I probably listened to in 40 years or more I don't think I, I don't remember people preaching about Apollos um, other than when in 1 Corinthians, when Paul says, you know, um, I planted, Apollos watered, and, but God causes the growth. Um, that, that's sort of an indication of this story as well, because Apollos teaches well, he knows the facts. And I relate to this, because I, I felt like I was knowing the facts about Christ and salvation and being taught weeks for weeks in a confirmation class in the Lutheran Church. And uh, I guess I'm coming to peace with that over time. And I'd be angry at it. Just like, okay, they, they thought they were doing the right thing, but, and they just present facts, but it wasn't connecting in my soul and spirit. And that's kind of what Acts 17 in Apollos is like. We can, we can teach facts, but uh, one of the main f- big facts is that there's a living God, right? So, and even even Jesus said it's better if he goes away, so that he can send his Spirit. So this whole Holy Spirit discussion usually is a touchy subject, or it gets mentioned in like five seconds in passing. You know, someone may do a message, and I'm I, I my my antenna ears are up for whenever a pastor or minister uses the term Holy Spirit, because I'm like, well, okay, there it is. What what, what are you going to say about it? And it's usually like five seconds like, well, you know, the Holy Spirit does this, but no one really is able to articulate what is the, you know, how do we interact with the Holy Spirit? And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's, you know, walking in the Spirit. It's um, maybe it's a framework mindset. I don't know. Like, I think you probably heard me say I don't really like the term framework, but I guess they're necessary. <laughs> they help us communicate sometimes, but the framework can also be blown away and just switch the framework, and you can you may find a different conclusion based on the framework. But the Holy Spirit, yeah, what is that about? I don't I don't have the answer, you know. So I, I know I don't think you listen to this podcast because you think I have the answers. I don't have the, um, the answer. I don't think there is one. And I think that's the beauty of the, the message of a living God. And then he works through people. So you have Apollos who teaches correctly about Christ, salvation. John the Baptist pre- preaching repentance to the Jewish people. And um, Priscilla and Aquila pull them aside and uh, teach Apollos more accurately the faith, I guess you'd say. What a beautiful passage, you know? Here's a guy who's got a quote-unquote public ministry, as we would use in our language, Apollos, and Priscilla and Aquila, they don't like, they just say, hey dude, you you need to understand the Holy Spirit and that there's a a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then the, the next chapter, I think it's 18, Starts out with Paul, so Apollos goes on to Corinth, and Paul comes into Ephesus, and there's a the first few verses, the first couple of paragraphs, the story of Paul interacting with uh, turns out 12 disciples. So, a disciple. I mean, one interpretation is that you, you can, yeah, you can be a disciple, but not have the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's controversial. So that's why. I <laughs> That's that's probably why ministers and pastors don't want to preach on the first part of Acts chapter 18. Because then they, and I, I think the only times I've heard it brought up and it was dismissed, basically I read it and I say, well, it looks like you can be a disciple of Christ or know the facts and even hang out with people that agree on the facts. But you may not have the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, to me, that's the logical reading of those verses. So what's the difference? It's a, you, know, it's a, you know, it says there, Paul talked to him about, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, no, we didn't even know there was such a thing. You know. So it's just, I mean, they had the facts. They probably knew that Jesus said that it was better that he go away because he'll send his spirit. But it just goes over people's heads, or they don't understand it, or something. So, anyways, um, Paul explains it to them, and they get baptized, and they speak in tongues and prophesy. So, I am not a uh, a tongue advocate. I don't uh, speaking in tongues is not something that um, I I have experienced or promote. I speak German and French. But <laughs> It's not, and uh, I wouldn't say that speaking in tongues, but uh, it is that you know it's in the scripture. Later on Paul says it doesn't matter. I mean tongues are low priority to Paul. So prophesy though that's that's cool. That's uh, high priority. So that's the beginning of eighteen, I think it is Acts eighteen. And then it goes on in um, uh, Paul's teaching and then turns into some hot water. This might be 19 now, I think. I might get the numbers mixed up. So 17 was probably the end. 17 ended with, uh, that's right, 17 ends with with, uh, Athens and the Areopagus. Then um, 18 comes in with. uh, Uh, ends with Apollos and then 19 starts out with baptizing the spirit and 19 ends with this um, Ephesians um, silversmith riot great is Artemis of the Ephesians so Paul's been teaching about God and Christ and the Holy Spirit and for a couple of years it's been it says two years and this blacksmith who's silversmith makes all these statues and idols and things to sell so he starts seeing that hey man our sales of uh, silversmiths things is going down so we're going to have a riot and before that oh yeah before that was also another interesting story <laughs> oh yeah the um, the recording of this uh these jewish guys because paul was uh filled with power through the holy spirit to heal people and all these great miracles were happening in the area so then these jewish guys decided like they're going to go around and help people so they would say to someone who's um uh, possessed with an evil spirit which also is a controversial thing it's like oh that doesn't happen today you know the, the denial of spiritual things is pretty amazing in today's 2019. So I don't know what these evil spirits is. I don't. Know. I don't have an answer to that. It's recorded. I would think if there was evil spirits back then, then there's still evil, evil spirits today. And they uh, <laughs> this this is a great great story in Acts. 19, which again, I don't think is preached about much either, but it says that uh, these Jewish dudes were going around, hey, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Paul, you know, spirits go away type of thing. And it tells the story of this one guy that they were pulling this off. uh, And he goes, the evil spirit, I guess, says inside the man, like, I know who Jesus is. And I know who Paul is, but who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Who are you? And this is a great message. This is such a great. This could be such a powerful passage to preach on. Maybe I'm preaching on it right now. I'm you know, so maybe, maybe this is my informal preaching for you. So I definitely have fire maybe some flow and witness some witness into it. So the, uh, the, the evil spirit goes, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Who the hell are you? <laughs> is that classic or what? I think that is so funny. So, so then the guy beats up these Jewish guys who are trying to do miracles in the name of uh, Jesus and Paul. So what what is there a lesson there? I guess we had better be careful about adopting Jesus and Paul's teaching and claiming it as like that we really understand it when we don't, because those guys entered into that in that way, trying to in a way profit or whatever or do their thing under Paul and Jesus's name. So kind of food for thought. Interesting concept. And that goes right into the Demetrius and his silversmith business, his metrics were down, his sales were dropping off. And the whole supply chain, he got the whole (laughs) in our our terminology, the whole supply chain was falling apart because their industry of Artemis and the uh, silversmithing was uh, going away. Hey bud, it's Sunday. You wanna walk out on the new freeway? Hey, we're gonna walk out. Let's do it, bud. Let's go walk on the new freeway. So we got mud out here it's, it's a mess. We've got a big trench, about, I don't know, a 20 foot trench. Uh, at least I'll be able to walk across a, uh, some dirt to get up to probably where there's a bunch of coyotes right now. Just walking around. Yeah, the coyotes sometimes, I don't know, if I should probably record some some coyote howling in the middle of the night sometime. And uh, it is kind of amazing. You know, free-roaming coyotes looking for rabbits and other creatures. So, um, yeah, the silversmith. And preaching on that, I, I have not heard but I've, I'm have i kind of twisting it in a way because of the organized religion thing. I'm kind of seeing like, well, it's the form of religion, but denying its power concept, right? And, uh, and in some ways, I think that might be a reality, unfortunately, that we've got these systems and organizations of religion. And, uh, ooh, what are we going to do here, bud? There's a trench, which is not easy to get over bud is it what should we do should we go for it i don't know but i know you can do it but i don't know about me there's about a four foot drop here i could probably jump down there but then i have to climb up bud you're, you're giving me the signal like nah let's not do that so yeah okay i'm gonna take bud's lead he's like nah we're not gonna try that jump so we're back to the more regular path and um, so, they uh, organized religion. Yeah, they are they. Could they be? It's controversial. Could they be a little bit like Demetrius and the silversmiths? Could they be like, hey, we we kind of like this Artemis god thing, we can sell silver. It's our business. We got a whole supply chain set up. So it makes me think of the. The uh, the general's talk these days is about how <clears throat> church attendance is down. And and that's not a good, and again, if you then make that your metric, like, well, why isn't the metric the power of God working through the hearts of people? That's a Chuck Colson quote. That's where our hope is. He says that's where our hope is in life, not in what laws we pass or what, great things we do as a nation, but our hope is in the power of God working through the hearts of people. And that's, I do hear some coyotes. I don't know if you can hear that, but they're out. They're out there in the distance, feasting, I think, on something. Um, Yeah, so Chuck Colson, there's a Stephen Curtis Chapman song that starts out with that recording at the beginning. I think it's like Heaven in the Real World or something. Pretty good song. I like that. I just like listening to Chuck Colson on that. And uh, yeah, so that's where our hope is, is in the power of God working through the hearts of people. And maybe the organized churches have just become Another Demetrius, a silversmith, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. It is. I guess it's on the edge of edge of. Con- it's pretty controversial, I guess, because that and that's probably the the sadness of it. Is the insiders? If you if you work for these organizations, you're kind of you're kind of stuck, right? And um, I kind of use the. I think it's an analogy of blockbuster video and netflix so like netflix is more of the holy spirit you know online netflix you can get your video without having to drive to the store and brick and mortar and whoa but a brick and mortar and and uh you can uh just download the movie right so Essentially, all those Blockbuster stores. It's, kind of, it's a pretty fascinating business case, as you'd say, or Harvard. Harvard Business Review. Let's do a case study on what happened to Blockbuster Video. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially, the, the business model got overran, kind of like Artemis and the Silversmiths in Acts chapter 19. The business model went away and uh not going to sell those silver idols anymore and I don't know Artemis I think Ephesus is still existing I mean geographically I don't know if there's people there it's in Turkey but I don't think the great Artemis temple is there but uh definitely in financial terms Amazon is much larger than Artemis the great or apple computer is much greater than artemis the great so is the church the organized religion is it going the way of blockbuster i, I kind of like to see it that way but there's a lot of people that work in that industry so i and then I, there's a lot of political stuff going on in the world these days and oh, by the way, today I decided I'm not going to go on Twitter today. So and we'll see if I can keep to that. It's I took the app off my phone, but I still can get to Twitter through Safari through the web on my phone. So it's still sort of easy to get to, but it's not ex- you know it's not like having the app. So I, d- I did get the app off um, many months ago. I even took Facebook app off my phone, but I still can get to it through Safari. So it's just like one more step to get to it. So it slows me down. But today, yeah, I'm decided, I'm not gonna try to stir the pot um, on Twitter. So I'm just gonna enjoy the day without Twitter. Can you do that? Can you do that? Because I do get energized by poking, poking at people. See if I can start an argument. (laughs) <laughs> That's your podcast host here, the guy that likes to stir the pot. So, um, yeah. So Artemis and the silversmith, organized religion. I don't know. We we we're, we're there's a confluence of events that I have no control over, but they're kind of lining up, kind of nice. So just walk in it, and take take my time. I'm really an impatient person most of the time, but. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm learning just to let the grace of God open doors and let things happen. It's not, my history is not that, it's more my history is more trying to control everything. And it's, uh, maybe it's physically getting older and running down and realizing I just can't do it anymore. I'm losing the energy. But I got enough energy to walk the bud for a mile and a half. Right, bud? We're we're walking. And I was was almost going to run yesterday, but I just... I really should have ran about five miles yesterday, but I didn't do the run. But today I need to go lift some weights, and I'll do that for an hour. Just keep it going. And... uh, yeah, that's discipline a bit too, right? Lifting some weights. And uh, what else? I came across a guy this week from Germany that it's called Body Street. And I guess it's uh, electrical stimulation, like for therapies, electro stem or stem, they hook up electrodes and stimulate your muscles, deep tissue, but he's, they've come up with some kind of workout that you can actually work out and so they they're they're pitching it or the marketing pitch is you can go 20 minutes a week that's it and get you know a full workout that's all you need to do which i'm not convinced of that myself so i'm not jumping on that bandwagon but i'm watching it i'll watch it and see what happens because uh, i just can't, i just don't it's hard to believe that 20 minutes, you hook up some electrical stuff that stimulates your muscles and then do some light lifting is the same as going to the gym and loading up plates on a bar and pushing more and, you know, increasing the weight every week or so. I, I just don't, I just, I'm not convinced that 20 minutes of electrode stimulation while doing a light workout will be equivalent. It just seems too good to be true right but it's that drive to like do stuff in 20 minutes we got to just do it in 20 minutes a week look i just saved you four hours a week oh my gosh so anyways we'll see where that goes body street if you want to if you're interested in it uh, you know i'm not hyper i was there's this concept of like hyper responsive to things you know who's who's hyper responsive so I kind of feel like I'm hyper-responsive to everything. But I, I'm not hyper-responsive to that just because I have my doubts. I'm, it just doesn't make any sense. So I'm not hyper-responsive signing up for it. And part of it is I've started six months ago trying to go three times a week for an hour to the gym. And I, I see it as beneficial. And it, You know, and I'm happy with that. And I think it's good for me in many ways. And whether it's, I I mean, I don't see if I would get the benefit, even if I got the exact same muscular benefit in 20 minutes, I'm not sure that's what I, what's good for me. You know, I think maybe three times a week for an hour is not just a physical thing, but more of a emotional process and experience and interacting with people in the gym very minor interaction there's not you know it's not like you have conversations it's a friend of mine went with me one time and he says it's very interesting the gym when people are lifting because you they have it's kind of set up by doing sets you know like you do three sets of 10 lifts or something and you pause for like 90 seconds between reps it varies i'm learning I'm learning, so he his observation was you know people kind of like move around in slow motion because you're you know everybody has their own routine, their own process, and you kind of flow in the gym uh, between people, and so it's not like if you start talking to somebody, you know it kind of interrupts their their um process and your own because you basically you may. Do a set, I mean a, a rep and um, or a set I can't remember what it is, three sets, yeah. Do a set. So you're doing 10 reps, or 12 or 15 or whatever it happens to be. So you focus for 30 seconds or a minute doing the set of reps, and then you pause and just you, you know it's strenuous, and you recover a little bit and 90 seconds and do it again. So it's kind of like the conversations are pretty limited to, like, what can you express in 30 seconds if you bump into somebody. Most of us just just saying hi to people or something like, hey, how's it going? Good, good. You know. <laughs> so you get your 30-second elevator speech. Of course, the 30-second elevator speech is supposed to result in a conversation, but I guess it just gets tucked away for later in the gym because you... You might get your 30-second elevator speech in, and then they get their 30-second elevator speech in, and then you both have to go do your thing, you know, whether it's curls or bench press or whatever you're doing. So that was an unplanned discussion. And, uh, whew, it feels pretty refreshing out here at 42 to 45 degrees now. It's probably warmed up a bit. And, uh, yeah, you can play these play these uh podcasts at two X speed if you want. And you'll I'm because of the pace of my talking, I'm sure the two X, you're probably gonna get all the content in twice the time, right? Cut it in half. So it's up to you. You decide. You can do what you want. One and a half, one, one and a half, two could probably get it all done so efficient you get 30 to 40 minutes of my rambling babbling in just 20 minutes how's that so efficient (laughs) it's so efficient so uh yeah fill the time with what you got and uh the what is the point or the purpose. I'm just well. This is I'm just processing my thoughts as I go because I read the Acts 19 this morning and I thought it was pretty cool. And it's a little early to be filling the time by calling people. Although I was tempted to call my sister this morning because I learned something yesterday. Um, there was a time when my sister and I communicated quite regularly, but I think I, refer, I called that She kind of pissed me off because the way she, her attitude towards our mother. So kind of waiting for her to see if she'll figure out that her attitude towards our mother is kind of pisses me off. So what has it been now? Almost two months. But uh, yeah, I almost called her this morning because I learned something from, about a story I was processing a year ago so about about this time a year ago i was processing some events in my life that were not ideal you know uh, job change things and uh, looking back on it now i mean i can see some encouragement in it that the job change events they're really outside my control and it also shows me that God opened the door to something better. So, and it wasn't me looking for it. So I'm humbled by it. But there's always a doubt of like, well, did I cause that? Is that something with me or what? Or was I a failure type of thing? And it was like, no, I can see yesterday. I got some information that it really, it wasn't my lack of performance. I mean, I was up against an impossible task. And my intuition was, I don't think anybody could have done a better better job. I do do remember the discussion with my boss is like, so how do you think you're doing on a scale of one to 10? (laughs) And I, for whatever reason, I came up with like, it's not linear. You know, it's it's not an answer. You can just go eight, nine, you know? And I basically, quickly came up with a a framework that's it that's it i did i came up with a framework so don't accept see that was a case where i guess in learning i didn't accept the one-dimensional framework so the boss the manager the president whatever he wanted he was looking for a one dimensional number from one to ten right and i'm like no this is bs i'm not i'm not accepting that framework So I gave him a two scale framework. And it was helpful because I was able to say like, well, from what I have to work with, being one person trying to call on 400 customers with a product that no one's ever heard before and creating something that never existed before. I said, I think I'm doing shit hot. I don't think anybody on the planet, not not one person out of 7 billion, how's that? I'm not being arrogant, I'm just saying, I don't think you're gonna get somebody on the planet that could do better than what I've been doing, you know? Why not make it a scale? So with what I was given, I'm doing a 10, right? So like no no, no one out of 7 billion could have done better with what I was given. New company, startup, new product, never existed before, I sold one. Now, if you say the scale is like, well, let's just you know, look at the sales numbers, the dollars, you know, it sucks, right? Because they're just not happening. But it's not inside my control, right? So maybe somebody could do it better than me, I don't know. I don't know who it would be. And based on the inputs I had from, quote-unquote, the management around me, you know, and the direction, I kind of figured out after two or three months, like, no one's really going to give me direction, so I'm just going to have to go do it. And I sold some stuff. And I was like, go oh, a year ago, and told that, well, we're going to go in a different direction, meaning, you know, they they didn't really know what I was doing, probably, <laughs> and it was only like one guy right it's not like they didn't know what I was doing it's like the president who's trying to build this company and there's complications because he's his really owned by some billionaire dude so the billionaire dude was pushing this guy around but if you he's running like a two or three billion dollar company and we were doing like $15 million worth of work for him. So $15 million to to this big machine of $2 billion or something was nothing to him. So he didn't, you know, what, how much time should that guy put on this? So he delegated it to the president guy who didn't give me much direction. So they're going in another direction. So brought in a new guy after I left. So this is why time reveal some things so the new guy didn't do anything <laughs> so so he was like he was let go so whatever direction the new direction also didn't work so and i was told by a marketing expert that hey yeah you, you did fine i mean you sold more than anybody else did <laughs> and they had a full year of marketing on under their belt last year so Very interesting experience. Um, I'm encouraged because I don't suck, really, because I actually did pretty good. And the story goes on without me. And uh, I help put things in motion, which are gonna result in good things for the billionaire dude. Now, whether he knows that I, he doesn't know that I was instrumental in all of it. (laughs) So, so he's a, he's a, he thinks he's about to save 150 to $200 million the next, I don't know, 10 years based on what I was doing. But, well, I, I think I should get 3% of that. So I figured like $6 bucks. you know, they should give me 3% of that for my efforts. But I know they, they're going to blow me off, and my former boss is more than likely going to try to take the credit for it. Like, oh, yeah, I did all that. I did all that. Sure you did, Bud. Sure. So I should get I, I mean, I, I would settle for 600,000 dollars the next 10 years. I mean, that's kind of a reasonable payment. Of course, it's a dream in my head because I have no claims to it. You know, I have like an, you know, indirect thing. I mean, I can logically make the connection between my efforts and the results and uh since i don't since everybody's so insecure you know everybody fakes like they're confident and fakes like they know what they're doing but it's kind of a cool story you know cool story and uh, i have not benefited from it at all i don't get there's my bank account is not going up by six sixty six hundred thousand dollars but, is it delusional thinking? No, I have to resist that. Is it, am I being delusional? The listener might think I'm being delusional. But the reality is that's, that's it. I'm the guy, I made it happen. <laughs> and I'm not entitled to anything by contract, so again it's purely the grace and mercy if the billionaire dude asks asks the right questions like how did this all happen oh it was that guy that we fired or not fired let go because you know this all happened because the guy was we decided to go in a different direction but really it all started with his direction yeah yeah so the billionaire dude should really um come and thank me and throw me about six million bucks, I'd be happy. I mean he gave a hundred million to Notre Dame, so I don't know why he wouldn't, you know, give me six million bucks, right? <laughs> it's only three percent of his savings, bottom line savings, which is huge, as Trump would say. So I'm just missing out on the art of the deal in a way. Maybe, maybe not. I couldn't, I couldn't make, the, make that deal up front, because I, I had to discover it as we went. So I didn't know what I was getting into, but I made something happen. So, yeah, yeah. So, about three or four minutes, maybe five minutes from home. We're heading up the home stretch here, heading uphill. Again, unscheduled, unplanned conversations. These are, these are more than, what do they call it, uh, super chill conversations. This is more than super chill because it's um, unplanned. Because I think my gal that does the super chill tequila and sunshine, yeah, tequila sunshine, I think she kind of has a plan about what she's going to talk about. <laughs> so, so, so she plans it out, and and it is super chill. But if you really want super chill, you got to you got to walk your dog. You got to walk the bud, and uh, it's time for Bud to get a bath. So, bud, we, you don't know it, but. Uh, when we get home, we're going to go throw you in the shower and get you all cleaned up. And uh, you'll be good to go for another week. But I do like my super chill conversations. She keeps them nice and tight, like 12 minutes, 14 minutes. And she has a, a message that she prepares. And uh, what else? Uh, it's just good. It's good. I enjoy listening to it. Does she have, She might have the female equivalent of dulcet tones. I man, I, I don't know if she has dulcet tones, and I don't really understand what dulcet tones are. Really, I just think it's a cool word, right? English thing. Some guy named Keith from the UK. Oh, it's the man with the dulcet tones. The man with the dulcet tones, speaking British accent, which by the way, at Mutiny on the Bounty, we, we, we plugged that in and Marlon Brando's in it. And I couldn't stay awake for the whole movie. And plus it's pretty depressing to, to be honest. But uh, Marlon Brando with an English accent is really funny. So even if you just catch a few seconds of that on a video, Seeing Marle, Marlon Brando with a British accent. A very classic, classic uh, talk. Or, you know, experience. Experience, experience. Movie is sad, you know, because you're, my observation is like, how would you like to be stuck on a ship in like 1790 with people you don't really like, you know, and you're like in Tahiti, like right? You're like, you're like, it's not like you can, all right, I had enough of this crap. I'm going to get on a the next flight back to London, you know. It's like you're stuck on this stinking ship. So, it's 2019, so all of you guys are going to get on a plane and fly somewhere. So the guy, the pilot of the, the ship is actually like the captain of the ship, right? He's the pilot. But, you know, you may only have to be on the plane for... Three hours, 11 hours if you're on a long flight. And if the guy, if the pilot is a jerk, he only has three hours or 11 hours to, to influence your life. But if, if you board a ship in 1790 with 100 other people and now you're just stuck with those 100 people for months, wow. Wow, that talk about risk taking. That was some risk-taking and how unpleasant that would be. So there you go, folks. I think I need to get Bud some food, too. And uh, you enjoy the day. I got dishes to do. I got to clean the Bud. I got all kinds of stuff I got to do. And you have a wonderful day. Grace, peace and mercy. Bye-bye.